Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. I'm your host, Wilson Times Sports Reporter Andrew Schnitker. Here with me is Times Sports Editor Paul Durham. Paul, we've got some stuff to talk about, some a few interesting results for sure to come out of the first round of the NCHSA football playoffs last week. Well, we certainly have a few fewer games to cover this Friday night because we had some some teams that exit in the first round. Out of nine teams that started, only three remain. Yeah, we had um, you know some some that were not too terribly surprising, like Bettingfield and Fike both going on the road and losing. You and I both thought gave Fike a chance. Well, I was both, about to say I picked Fike. We, we both did picked, too. We that both picked Fike. Well, it's I mean we picked him, but it's it's kind of a it felt like a, a little bit of a 50-50 game, I mean, going on Well, that's the true. I but mean, I felt like they had a chance to win, and they had a great chance to win. They lost 42-35. That's, you know, that's a shootout. They just blinked once, I guess. So I thought Fike should have won that game, given that, you know, Scotland County beat them in 1984. <laughs> that should have right. been enough uh, inspiration for the Golden Demons to go to Scotland County to Laurenburg and kick, kick some fight in Scott's butt, but... Just didn't happen, so Fike season ends and the Scots move on. Yeah, I mean, Fike, you know, they end their season on a fairly high note. They win three in a row to get into the playoffs. They, you know, they end up having to go on the road, play a good team, give a good showing. Not really the season that I think anybody around Fike expected to have at the start of the year, but they salvaged something out of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, they've had far worse, and if you can go to the playoffs and play a competitive game, I guess, you know, you can. Feel pretty good about yourself, um, but you know, like uh, Fike as well as a lot of schools, basketball season started. So, yeah, well, and looking to it, Bettingfield. I mean, the season they had, you know, being back in the playoffs for the first time since 2019, improving by three wins. They had to go on the road to take on, you know, one of the East Powers in Clinton, and gave a pretty good showing of themselves. I think they were down one at halftime, and they had the ball around midfield in the fourth quarter with a chance to drive and tie the game and then just kind of faded late. So I think a lot to be happy with coming out of this season if you're betting field. Yeah, it's a tough draw to go down to uh, Clinton and face the dark horses. Always a tough place to go. And, you know, it was 19-18 at the half, and then Bettingfield didn't score in the second half. So it just, uh, you know, it ended up being sort of a one-sided game, I think, as you pointed out. A lot, you know, Clinton kind of tacked on some points there at the end. So it was a little bit closer than it seemed. But, you know, if you don't score in the second half, you don't usually win games, and Bettingfield certainly didn't. So they, they know what they've got to work on. But, man, from last year, uh, the end of last year, where they just squeaked out a, a win against a horrible Spring Creek team just to feel good about themselves going into the offseason and then what they were able to do this year. So, hey, I mean, who knows? Bettingfield could win that conference next year. They've got some guys coming back. And, you know, 2A football, it's man changes year to year. So who knows if Princeton's going to be that good next year um, that Princeton won it this year. Who knows if they can repeat. So, I think the Bruins are on the right track under head coach Ben Ellis, and we'll see what they do next year. Yeah, and looking at some teams that had some favorable matchups on Friday, we can start with Hunt because not only did they have a favorable result in their game, although it was you know pretty ugly game, Hunt, Hunt ends up going By on the favorable road. favorable result, you mean a 3-0 victory, right? Right, <laughs> but the, other, the very favorable result they get is on the other side of the bracket where Acock ends up losing to Triton. So, you know, we all kind of thought, well, you know, Fike lost to, or Hunt lost to Fike, so there goes their shot at a home game. Well, 
with Acox lost to Triton and Hunt's narrow, emphasis on narrow, went over Smithfield-Selma. Hunt's getting a home game after all. They're playing on, they're hosting Triton Thursday night this week. Uh, pretty much all the games in this region have been moved up to Thursday night with the... November hurricane, Yeah, Yay. some subtropical storm type deal moving through on Friday. But, yeah, pretty... Uh, Pretty favorable turn of events for the Warriors there to end up getting to play at home in the second round after all. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that it worked out that way for them, but it was kind of set up almost because all they had to do was beat uh, a team that they really had beaten at home during the regular season and kind of blew it in the 21-17 loss to Triple S. And playoffs, go, all they had to do was beat them, and then they could have played either Acock or Triton. Now they're getting the host Triton, but... You know, in that bracket, there really haven't been that many upsets. If you look at it, it's kind of held up. The, the bigger upsets were surrounding Hunt and then Acock. And so Hunt gets to host Triton. Uh, and, you know, Triton is not going to be an easy team for Hunt to face, I think, this week. It's, you know, they're good enough to get in the playoffs and then beat Acock pretty handily. So we'll see what the Warriors can do. But, hey, at least they don't have to travel. They get to play at home in front of their fans in Warrior Stadium one more time, at least. Yeah, there you go. And it's, um, you know, Hunt probably should not plan on being able to win another game scoring only three points this week, but you never know. Yeah, that defense has played pretty well, but, you know, that's never probably anybody's game plan. Looking at the 1A bracket, uh, a result that I think was surprising on paper with Wilson Prep facing a Perquimans team that was 2-8, and eight, um, and then ended up losing to them by two on a la- you know last minute score. But you and I were both out there on Friday night because you were out for the first half taking pictures. I think that was a better Perquimans team than we were expecting to see. And I Wilson Prep also had several guys out with the flu that I think that hurt them. Well, I don't really know what to expect from Perquimans. To be honest with you, we haven't played. The, the, no team around here has played. I think Hunt might have played them in baseball. I think Wilson Prep played them in girls basketball last year. I know that they've got a decent uh, athletic department, and that's where Catfish Hunter went to school. So it was quickly obvious that they were not your garden variety Tar Roanoke Athletic Conference football team. They they could play. They knew how to play. The kids could play. And so Wilson Prep went up early 16-0. It's like, all right, discover on the sidelines, hey, there's a lot of kids for Wilson Prep out with the flu, or if they are out there playing, if they've had the flu and are back, they haven't, they haven't practiced you know, a full week. It was, you know, pretty obvious that they were going to have their work cut out for them, even with a 16-0 lead. And then, you know, it kind of got back in. Uh, uh, Perquimans got back into it. But the backbreaker was that 100-plus yard kickoff return with no time left with that Wilson Prep just over over pursued and, you know, made a rookie mistake or, of chasing the ball to the end zone after the guys dropped it and then just standing there and then the guy took off. There's nobody behind him. Once he gets past the first three guys, he's gone. And so that was a – that was a tough way to end the half. Again, all these things kind of point to Wilson Prep's inexperience. It's their first year playing. You know, they don't have the experience to know, you know, playoff games are going to be a little bit different. They've got a lot of young players. So, uh, you know, it's as we're seeing, as we've learned to with their girls basketball team that was really good and went all the way through until they lost in the Eastern Finals last year. And a lot of the girls have decided to go somewhere else or are not playing basketball this year. Things kind of change at the charter school level, the prep school level. Um, and so because kids are not bound to that school, they can go, oh, you can go back to their other school. We'll see what happens with the football team. It's going to be a little bit different. But, I mean, we've had turnover in the public, in the, the traditional public school rosters too. 
So we'll see what happens. But I like what Coach Dickens has started over there in the football program at Wilson Prep. It's He's very organized. He knows what he's doing. His coaches know what they're doing. If they can keep these guys together, I mean, I would not be surprised to see Wilson Prep put together a run to challenge Tarbor in the East. I mean, they've got – if they get the players over there, and they've already got a few of them um, to go up against those kinds of, of teams, they'll get there sooner than later, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to be disappointed with eight wins in a home playoff game in your first season playing football ever in school history. I mean, and that's the thing you go back to with the playoffs, you know, the inexperience. That's pretty much the first NCHSAA playoff game for everybody on that team. Now the guys that are coming back are going to know more of, okay, hey, this is what it's like in the playoffs. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to anticipate. Well, and, you know, they could have played another game at home, too, as it turned out. I guess yeah. the team they started out, the very first game, East Columbus. Beat Beargrass Charter, yep, yeah. and so they would be coming to Wilson, but that's a coulda, woulda, shoulda. So, you know, I think Wilson Prep will be fine. It's stung to lose that game last week, but, um, you know, hey, basketball season starting at Wilson Prep, and they love that. There you go. Yeah, so I'm sure it stung probably a little bit extra too when they found out that result of that other game yeah but exactly but you know hey that that's just kind of the way it goes in playoff football speaking of you know teams that are going to end up with an interesting second round southern nash secured that first round home game played white oak in the first round for the second year in a row basically kind of just gave them a hey, Alan th- droned them yeah they gave them a 226 <laughs> give them a th- hey thanks for coming game yeah and the, the Firebirds' reward for their first-round triumph is a road game in the second round. They won't have to go too far. Stop me if you've heard this before. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they won't have to go very far. Um, they'll just, just over to Rocky Mount to take on the number one seed in the East and their arch-rival, Northern Nash, who, you know, they played a couple weeks ago and it was 27-7 to Northern Nash. But as we discussed on here... That game was probably closer than the score indicated because Southern Nash went for four first downs in Northern Nash territory in that second half and didn't get any of them. So I'm sure they're not heartbroken about getting another crack at the Knights, despite the fact that they know it's going to be a really tough game. No doubt. And, you know, it's funny because you can talk to Firebirds head coach Brian Baxter, and he will break it down at least a half a dozen, if not more ways. Things that happen that I, you know, in watching the game, keeping score, watching it pretty closely might have completely missed because I don't know the backstory as a coach or what's going on things that little things that happen during a game that would have changed the outcome of games I mean you know it never fails a bachelor can always break it down real quick and say we didn't do this we missed a go we missed a gap block here you know that kind of thing and so yeah even a 27 to 7 outcome is a lot closer when you start looking at plays that, you know, go where the guy runs out, you know, in the wrong place and a guy goes 67 yards for a touchdown, I'm not saying that happened, but it could. Um, that's the difference in those kinds of games. That's the kind of thing Southern Nash is going to have to tighten up, those little things. But you know what? What do we talk about all season? So- Southern Nash's whole season came down to one game in the regular season, right? Yeah. Northern Nash. Now they get a do-over. Now they get a do-over, and it, it, their season, it's not their whole season, because obviously if they win this game, they're going to want to keep playing. They're not going to be like, oh, well, we beat Northern in the second round. That's awesome. But, I mean, if they can beat Northern Nash, I can tell you, regardless of what they do after this, they'll look back on the season as a pretty good season to, to be able to knock off the number one seed. And I think they can. Northern did not overwhelm um, Roanoke Rapids last week. Was yeah. It? And, I mean – 
that's not that's not a game they should have struggled. And Southern Nash has got keep in mind, you know, a lot of what we talked about is Southern Nash lost a couple of games in the regular season was injuries. They've still got some guys that are out for the year, but they've also gotten healthier and gotten some of their guys back. Yeah, I think I think it's some of the guys who are out. Thomas Copeland's back, um, and then some of the guys who you know Traylon Mitchell. I mean, you know the kids just banged up all year. But I think you get to a point where these kids it's like, well, they're banged up, but I mean they're still out there. Right. And it's November, and it's playoffs, and you know he's a kid who's supposed to go to Virginia Tech. He's he's going to be a college football player. These kids aren't going to come off the field. I mean, they might not be 100%, but it doesn't matter when the adrenaline starts flowing in a lot of cases. So we'll see how it goes. That's going to be an intense football game Friday night at Death Valley. Thursday night. Thursday night at Death Valley in Red Oak. Well, what used to be Red Oak was really Rocky uh, Rocky Mount now. But, man, that's going to be an old-school slobber knocker, as my old buddy Coach Randy Pinkowski would say. And I'll be there. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And then uh, I guess down the road in Rocky Mount, you're going to have another game with Green Central and Nash Central. Yeah, that's that's another interesting matchup because Green Central – had a really good year, ended up losing that game to West Craven in the regular season, so they missed out on the top seed right. from that conference. And then I think so did North I think so Nash Central essentially won the two A portion in the Big East. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's that's gonna be an interesting matchup as well. I think you and I both picked Green Central on our fo- on our football forecast picks for this week, but yeah. that one could go either way. I like Green Central because I felt like they were going to lose somewhere along the way. And if they went through the regular season unbeaten, they would probably lose in the playoffs like they did several years ago when they had a great team under uh, head coach Alan Wooten. But, I, you know, you got to call this game the Kenneth Grantham Bowl. And Kenneth Grantham was the very first coach at Nash Central. His dad, Spence, was a longtime Green Central coach. And then Kenneth left Nash Central to go back and coach at his alma mater for a few years before finally retiring from coaching. He's not head coach anymore, and I'm not exactly sure where he is. But great guy. Man, he would run that um, uh, that offense, that Georgia Tech offense. And just it was tough to beat. And I remember his team came over and knocked Fike and ended Raquan Boyette's fight career one, one night at uh, Fike in the second round of the playoffs. Um, so anyway, that that would be the coach to associate with both schools. No longer at either one of them, but man, Green Central versus Nash Central. This teams rarely play. That should be a really good game over there in Rocky Mount. Yeah, I think so. It's um, going to be some interesting games this week. Going to be interesting for us because we've got three games that I think we really feel like could go either way. So we could be done with completely done with football after this week, or we could still be going. Uh, you know, Tom Ham and I are currently tied for first in football forecast, so that's got to be resolved some way, somehow. It's uh, exciting times around here. Well, I wouldn't count Sheldon Vick out. He's the defending champ, that's and he's true. only two games back now. So, yeah, he gained some he, ground last week. And his picks this week leave the door open for him to move into first if it all goes his way. We, we could have a big-time shuffle in the football forecast, which, I mean, that's how it should be this time of year. There should be games that are – harder to pick and you know we got people picking different stuff where he is you know it feels like a lot later in the regular season for the most part there were a lot of weeks where we were pretty much all picking the same thing pretty much and it's kind of hard these days to find enough teams especially when we're picking all of our teams that we play in the area a lot of those games are not too hard to pick so we try to find other games outside the area but we'll see all i know is that i am consigned to probably a fifth place finish and i've designed a hail mary 
group of picks this week to try to get myself back into contention. It it could happen. Like, you you can sit there. Like, we we looked at your picks. You can sit there and make at least make a somewhat argument for all of them happening. If I have a good week, you and Tom Ham will have bad weeks, that's for sure. That's how, that's kind of how that works. <laughs> so, but it's not going to be good enough. I'm going to need another week to get past you, even if I win them all. Yeah, you're, you would need somebody to keep playing, which you would, because in that scenario, I think Southern Nash would still be playing, although both of us have that. Southern Nash, and, uh, well, I don't want to give away all my picks, but I definitely picked Green Central. Well, I was say, I already said, I already said that we picked Green Central, so... Well, we'll see how it works out in the other game that's going on Friday or Thursday night uh, at Warrior Stadium. Um, you know, Hunt's going to be excited to have a home playoff game and get it in hopefully before the rain comes Friday and washes everything away. And then uh, we'll see what happens. But we're going to have basketball next week. We're going to have basketball this week. We got Greenfields playing games on Thursday and Friday, yeah, I think. Well, if it doesn't get rained out. That's true, depending <laughs> on the yeah, the travel for the other teams. Thursday shouldn't get rained out. Friday might be a little dicey because Friday looks really bad in this area. Correct. Um, but you but you never know. Well, we've had also had times in where we thought it was going to be really bad and then it wasn't that yeah. bad. So. Well, and hopefully it clears out by Saturday. Barton's got their senior day, their last game of the year against Erskine. And um, I think Coach Hester's hoping, I think there's a forecast on Saturday morning maybe for some rain, but I think it's supposed to be gone by kickoff at 2 p.m. Well, that's good because I've got a flight on Saturday morning too, so I don't want that uh, I don't want that getting messed with either. But uh, well, To Kansas City. Yeah, that's Andrew's right. Andrew's finally going home to see his beloved Kansas City Chiefs play in person. Well, I've been one time, but it was before Patrick Mahomes was a starting quarterback, so oh. I've actually never seen him play before Changes the game. This Sunday. Yeah. Your whole family has Patrick Mahomes jerseys. Uh, me and my mom do. <laughs> yeah, and that's who I'll be going with, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we do still have some other local sports to discuss from last week. We had a state championship last yes, week. The Wilson Christian cross-country teams. The boys won their third in a row. The girls won their first since 2019. Lynn Scott won his second uh, individual state championship in three years. So really good uh, season all around for Wilson Christian and really impressive program that Dwight Vanderbilt has put together over there. Yeah, and he's only got one senior, Seth Troll, who really kind of got that boys revival for the boys because for a few years the boys program had kind of dropped off in terms of winning state championships um where the girls were winning the team titles um but the boys still have one and seth won a team individual championship somewhere along the way they've all won an individual i think you know lens won two connor ford won it last year brett Watson's up there seth's the only guy graduating off that boys team so dwight vanderbilt has built an nc Christian School Association cross country dynasty. There we go. Christian. We, we we overuse that word in the sports world these days, but I think Wilson Christian firmly fits the definition of a dynasty in multiple sports. Actually, yes. Well, they're getting back on the the volleyball one as well with uh, their second straight and twelfth overall. But yeah, right now the gold standard in NCS or two two well there's not two it's all just across the board NCCSA cross country is Wilson Christian without question and it's all because of coach Vanderbuzz passion man he gets those kids out there and they just love to run yeah no it's been impressive to see what he's done we had another um, team gunning for a state championship run last week fight girls tennis team ended up falling short in the dual team final four here at home against Cape Fear but 
Eventual state champion. Eventual thing. state champ. Right. So, you, I mean, if you're a fike, you, you, you've you got to be incredibly pleased with this season. You go to the Final Four in the dual team for the first time since 2010. Caroline and Catherine Adkins give you your first individual doubles championship since 2002. Again, you, you can say you lost to the eventual state champion. I think, you know, Lee, if I'm Lee Matthews, I'm pretty pleased with the way my season just yeah, went. Yeah, if I'm Lee Matthews, I'm also pretty pleased that you don't really have any seniors. He has no seniors on this team, right? None, absolutely none. none. He can all. bring everybody back next Everybody's year. Everybody's coming back, including Carolina Catherine Atkins, and Kate Biambi. And I mean, Holland Ellis, who, Holland by the way, Ellis. both of them, th- those two were at the state championship uh, doubles tournament as well. Right, and Holland and Emory Skinner, who played number six, are freshmen. Yeah. And so, I, you know, look, fight. Fight could be there because uh, Cape Fear, I mean, they're losing. They have a senior. They have a couple seniors, I think. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I think Fike has got to be on that very short list of teams on the 3A next year. And that's that's hasn't happened in my 18 years here where you were talking about Fike as a dual team uh, contender. Yeah. 3A. That's, that's unprecedented for well, me here anyway. Well, as Lee's explained it to me, you know, when you get that deep into the playoffs, it's Hard because a lot of you know the teams from the West really tend to dominate it. So and three A for sure, yeah. it's it's rare that a three A team like Cape Fear, you know, from Fayetteville is one. But yeah, in my experiences, that in three A, the West is always because you got Hickory, you got the the Asheville schools were in it, um, Greensboro, you know, Jamestown, those schools on the other side, um, Ragsdale, I think had some girls that they were state championship team at one point. And there were always bigger schools from the western part of the state, or at least the more metropolitan areas of the state. So, I mean, you know, any anytime anybody from the east does well in girls or boys 3A tennis, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, I think, you know, again, like I said, a great accomplishment for Fike this season with what they did um, and how, you know, the way that they ended up wrapping up. I think this is going to wrap it up for us on this podcast for this week. Again, we will have much more to talk with you about next week. All these football games this week. It might be winter sports next week. It might be winter sports. This could be our last fall sports. Well, I guess we'll have Thursday's football games talking about. Right. We'll be talking about, and we could be talking about at least one or two more football games next week, potentially. Who knows? Possibly. But the the basketballs will be dribbling. Greenfield has a couple games scheduled for this week and next week. Wilson Christian starts up next Community week. Christian, Wilson Community Christian, Wilson Prep, I think, plays in about a week. It's it's home. Yeah, and then in a couple more weeks, it'll be the public schools. But and then it'll be Charger Christmas Classic and their hospitality room. Yeah, apparently I'm going to have to fight Tom Ham for that, but that's a discussion <laughs> for another time. But we will discuss all of that and more with you guys next week. Uh, might be a little bit later in the week than you're used to next week, but we will do our best. But. Until then, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.